Hey, welcome back to another episode of the People of Packaging Podcast. Hey, I'm your host, Adam Peak. You can find me on TikTok at Packaging Pastor. You can also find me on LinkedIn at Adam Peak. Please go and like and subscribe and follow this podcast. It would mean a lot. Also, it would mean so much if you would support our sponsors. Shout out to Specrite. They have been a ride or die for a while. They want you to imagine a world without waste. Listen, they are changing the game. You're going to be faced with EPR regulations. You're faced with price pressure. All of the things. If you don't know your data, if you don't know your specs, then you're just going to end up guessing and you're going to end up wasting a bunch of money. You're going to end up wasting a bunch of material. The most sustainable thing that you can do is get to know your product specifications, your packaging specs. Go to specrite.com backslash PKG. And you already know the link is in the show notes. Also, Supply Caddy is our newest sponsor. Supply Caddy is a leading global manufacturer and supplier of packaging and disposables for the food service industry. With headquarters in Miami, Florida, and manufacturing facilities in North America and Europe, Supply Caddy is able to provide high-quality, affordable products for restaurant chain, restaurants, chains, and food service brands globally. For more information, go to supplycaddy.com. And you already know that. It's in the show notes. So make sure you support Specrite. Reach out to them. The team over there is incredible, as is the team at Supply Caddy. Make sure you reach out to them also. Okay, let's get to our latest interview right now. Hey, everybody. I am joined here by one of my... This, these are my favorite stories. So connect up with somebody online, and we're able to pull sort of just like a, a purely just like digital interaction into even if it's just a video call that's that's amazing when it becomes a podcast episode that's even cooler and it's and, and but when it becomes did we meet a pack expo i feel like we've met in person or did we miss each other well, you know we we've, we keep on we've talked about it and, and last year we tried to meet up but we just didn't cross paths oh but, yeah uh, yeah Definitely yeah, this you year. were too cool for me. I remember now. I remember. I, I think it was the other way around. I didn't have what? the media pass. <laughs> no way. <laughs> I would never. I would never, Andrew. Don't defame me on my own podcast. Uh, well, I am joined here by Andrew Frazier, and he is the key account manager at Barry Cap and has a, an awesome background that I'm excited to talk about. My, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to give you a chance to introduce yourself, but I have a very pressing question that you don't even know is a pressing question. So you are Michigan State grad, right? Go Sparty. Yes, sir. Go green. Yeah. So, so you have go green, but didn't you get, you got a, a, an MBA from Duke? Yes. Which is also <laughs> go blue. So how do you balance yes. that as a go green, but you've also, you're kind of, do you kind of pull for blue as well? So a little go basketball season is hell for me, man. Uh, and since since I went to Duke, I swear that they've played each other more than they in the last few years than they had in a while. But um, I I got it. I got to stick with my alma mater. But I'm it's 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 a tough. But one. it's not even that, right? Like you have go green, but the go blue is like heresy. I would imagine to a Michigan state just to say go blue, but you have to say like go blue devils. And then you throw devils on the end. You probably feel like a little hellish when you have to say it. I don't know. I mean, I just can sense the, the, 
conflict inside of you when you're trying to root for your <laughs> it is your it is definitely uh, but i but i always say that you know it's great to have those two teams in march madness that one of them one day is going to get the national championship again and i can root for both so. it's true it's true i mean colorado state has not really been in danger of winning a national championship although we did make the tournament and we lost to the michigan wolverines and it was we had no answer we had no answer well you know that's why they call it madness right march madness anything can happen anything and it will drive you mad especially if you try to bet on it <laughs> so andrew thanks for coming on uh why don't you give obviously people now know where you went to college but you're more interesting than that number one you have immaculate amazing hair and beyond that if you're not watching this uh what tell us about yourself where are you living at what are you doing all that good stuff yeah so i'm based here in the big city of hartsville south carolina and uh if, if you know where that is it's probably and are listening to this you probably know that that's where uh sunoco's global headquarters is located so i uh Right out of college, became a Sunoco man, flew, moved down from Lansing, Michigan to Hartsville, South Carolina, thinking I'd first job, thinking I'd be down here for, I don't know, year, two, three. And sure enough, I, I met my wife, who's a, a native Hartsvillian, and you know we're now married and have a three-year-old poppy and all of our family is here and have a great little life in this in this little town. But um, yeah, I worked for, worked for Sunoco for... Gosh, probably eight years in uh, you know different technical engineering types of roles, and really enjoyed that. And it was um, you know it was really in those roles where I got exposed to um, customer interactions, and just found a just found a passion for it. Just really enjoyed business development, strategy, uh, relationship management, and that's really what encouraged me to go back and get my MBA is to um, you know, to add that business acumen to my technical packaging background and be able to move into a more commercial type of role. And uh, so did the weekend thing, uh, which was a crazy two years of my life. And I know you did, you did yours as well. So you can probably relate that it working full time and, and doing that is nuts, but it was, it was awesome. And, uh, you know, learned so much and met so many great people and, uh, yeah, use that to, uh, move it into a role with Honeywell. And so, yeah, this is part of our interesting conversation about all these different packaging companies that are out there that small, medium, large, you might not know about if you're not exposed to. So I took a role with, uh, with Honeywell, with their pharmaceutical packaging division. We sold uh, blister packaging, uh, specifically a raw material that went into it. And uh, talk about a cool industry. Uh, I had a business development role there, and that's really where I got to put you know, my technical background, the MBA, the relationship management, all that to work. And, um, you know, I can honestly say that, you know, that's some of the most important work that I've done for sure. You think about, you know, what you're protecting when you're, when you're producing the packaging for, for pharmaceuticals, for, for life-saving drugs. So that's, um, it's really interesting, a lot of pressure and, uh, you know, got to meet some, some really cool people in the process. And, uh, and most recently, I've moved into a, a role with with BerryCap as a key account manager. So more of uh, more of the direct sales relationship management type of role, and we're selling uh, selling caps to 
soda bottle start to soda companies water companies and you know we have a whole industrial and food division but um but it's been a lot of fun and i think you know part of me coming on here i just you know wanted to chat about you know, the different the different companies that i've worked for the different type of packaging i've been exposed to the different roles and you know everything that i've gotten to see even in the short you know 10 12 years of my uh my career I love it. I love it. So I, I wrote down a couple of things. I do have a question that's unrelated to packaging, and then I want to get into this conversation. Um, so I, I recently was able to go on a cruise with my wife. I promise you this has a connection to what you just told me. <laughs> All right. And the most bizarre interaction happened on, at the end of the cruise. These two, um, I'm going to guess these women were in their 70s or 80s kind of like tried to like yelling at each other. We're getting off the boat in Miami and I can't make this up. One of them says to the other one, um, I'll knock your block off. And the other one, this is the other one said, Oh, go on and back up North. You Yankee. And I was like, is, is this like, what is happening here? So you are coming from the North in Michigan into a small town in the south and you marry into oh, yeah. a like a, a family that it sounds like is from you said heart civilian right yeah traditional southern family yeah, yeah absolutely so i guess i'm like have you have you been called a yankee and also uh on a scale of one to ten how much do you love sweet tea now oh okay so definitely been called a yankee many a times and the term down here if you move from up north, down south, and you stay, you're not just, if you stay, you're not just a Yankee, you're a damn Yankee. Oh, so I don't know if you can curse okay. out here, but hey, <laughs> so, so that's the, that's the technical term. And my, uh, my father-in-law loves to throw it at me all the time and, and good, uh, good health, of course. But, um, and then your second one was, oh, sweet tea. Yeah. Did you discover it? For the first sweet time? tea when I first came down here, I thought it was really great. And I don't have I don't have a sweet tooth. Oh, okay. So I think it just kind of faded. The allure just kind of dropped off. Got it. Yeah, I had never discovered it till I went to Nashville, Tennessee, at my senior year of high school, and the I was sitting there and I ordered and I said, "Yeah, can I just have some tea?" And she's like, "You want sweet tea?" I was like, "I don't. What did what, what did it work? I don't <laughs> just don't tea, understand. Yeah. I would like tea with sweetener in it. So you want some sweet tea? I'm like, I don't. I think so. I think the answer is yes. Yeah, we'll, we'll give it a shot. Yeah, when out, is like, wrong, this right? is like soda that sort of yeah. <laughs> so much sugar in it. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, that's, that's cool. I'm, I'm glad that you're able to uh, stick it out and become, did you say a damn Yankee? Heart, I, a heart man, I, yeah. I love yeah. it. I, shoot. I, the weather, you can't beat it. Man. I mean, you can, it's just, you have to live in San Diego <laughs> where I used to live. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. But you know, there's also a cost to that and a whole bunch of stuff. Okay. So, uh, so from a packaging perspective, so you've got this unique background, right? You are, you studied, is a packaging engineering at MSU? It's just at Michigan State, it's just packaging. You know, they bounce around, I think, but it's just packaging. So it's, it's technical. It's got biz, it's got business type classes mm -hmm. involved in it too, which is nice. And they've, um, you know, done a good job to make sure recently that the students are leaving with a very rounded out background, not just strict 
you know, engineering, I guess, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Did you, you didn't go back up for the ribbon cutting, did you? I just saw that recently. No, no. I, I wish I, I needed to figure out a way to get somebody to buy my ticket to go up because, uh, because I have been working with the school a little bit and going, doing guest lectures and mentoring and would have loved to be up there. But, uh, Next time I'm up visiting my family, I'm definitely going to stop by and see it because it looks cool. It was, it was well overdue for a reno when I was there and that was, you know, 10 plus years ago. So I, I can't wait to see what they've done. Yeah. Well, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll call, you know, Mateen Cleves and be like, Hey, can you pay for us to come up there? I don't Yeah, Yeah. Don't yeah. Know, something maybe magic magic Johnson probably has. I'm telling you those, those guys. Yeah. yeah. They're, or the other is like the Flintstones, or wasn't it like Bell? Uh, shoot, do you remember that team, the Michigan State team with it was Mateen Cleaves and Draymond Green? I don't think no. Or we see Draymond was after. Yeah. Either way, uh, yeah, we'll, yeah. we don't need to. We don't need to turn this into a basketball and sweet tea podcast. So yeah. So you good. have this. You have a tech. You have this technical background, like you said, and then you have a which I don't have. I don't. I don't have any kind of packaging degree, and then. You, you go get your MBA to get sort of the, the business side more firmed up. We have a lot of people who listen to this podcast who are younger in their careers or they're in college. Uh, you know, they're Stout and Slow and Clemson and MSU and RIT, I'm going to forget, Virginia Tech, Rutgers, University of Florida. Right, yeah, um, I probably, I'm going to. There's only so there's many. Only so, but that's still a fair good. amount. Um Indiana yeah. State, by the way, has one. So San Jose State has a packaging program. Okay, I'm done. Yeah. Uh, so a lot, a lot of different students. Do Do you suggest that path that you took if if somebody wants to get into sales, right? So if someone finds themselves on the the revenue generation side of it, working for uh, um, Sunoco or Honeywell or Barry Cap or Myers or whoever, right? Do you suggest like, hey, take it, run with it, learn it? but then augment later on in your career with, with an MBA or uh, let, let's kind of talk about that a little bit in terms of like yeah, career, I mean, my career path. Cause I did it, but mine was during COVID. I wanted to yeah. expand my knowledge. I, I just wanted to, I wanted to challenge my own knowledge. And so, but my background, I have a business degree. And so mine was a little bit different. It wasn't so career focused. Sure. So I'm curious what your decision-making was like on that. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the basis is continuous learning, right? And I think that's how you succeed is just wanting to being curious and continuously learning. You know, I, I think both with the, the undergrad and the MBA, I kind of fell into them kind of felt like, yeah, this feels right right now. Let, let's try it out and just kind of went with it. And uh, I would totally recommend it. Um, it's probably not for everybody, depending on, you know, what your specialties are and what you want to do. Um, you know, I think it's rare that it wouldn't be of value to you. I mean, even I say even, I mean, there are plenty of engineers out there that have MBAs that stay in engineering, sure. but then they become, you know, managers or directors or VPs and or presidents. they're right. able to, they're... yeah, they're able to relate, relate to all the different functions to understand, you know, what they need. So, you know, what finance needs to hear, what's important to operations and what their team is doing. So, yeah, 
Yeah, I would, I totally recommend it. But I think if anything, it was really great for me to spend, let's see, five or six years out in industry right. using the engineering background, kind of getting the lay of the land, corporate America. And then, you know, I did the MBA on the weekend. So I was, I was at work thinking about what I learned this weekend and kind of getting to apply it. And I think that was pretty cool. Yeah. And the, the, along with that, I found that, that idea, the, the mindset of continuous learning is so critical, particularly if you're going to be in some type of revenue generation capacity, whether it's biz dev, full cycle sales, key account management, whatever it is, right? You're customer facing in, especially in the packaging industry, because you have to be able to know and empathize with so many different people. There's a financial component to it. There's an engineering component to it. There's a marketing component to it. There's a quality, there's supply chain, there's oh, yeah. manufacturing, there's production. And so if you can go get that education both on you know on the streets like in your job you're getting that and then you're also augmenting it with some more um i don't know higher level education in terms of i don't mean higher like more important but just like you know textbook kinds of education i think it really exercises all aspects of your brain and i know for me has really helped me even in my in my current role at myers you know, I have to be on like financial calls and going through P&Ls and doing yeah. all that stuff. And, and I, I, I don't feel out of place. And I, I'm not entirely sure that I would have felt that way had I not continued to pursue my own education. So I love you did right. that. I think it's super cool. Um, I do sort of favor North Carolina over Duke just because I'm a big Michael Jordan fan and like, Unfair. It's like what what Grant Hill and Shane Bagley. Grant Hill. I mean, yeah. they were fine, but there's no. <laughs> is there a Duke player like in the top ten of all time in the NBA? Right now, I no, the answer I don't is know. no. They're just probably they're just. <laughs> and you know what? That Duke is like the number one most hated school in America. So I don't I don't take it personally. Like yeah. I even, there's a book that somebody took the time to wrote that says Duke sucks, and it's like. <laughs> you know, there's a documentary called I Hate Christian so. Leitner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a yeah, 30 exactly. for 30. Uh, but regardless of where you go, I think that's great. So uh, let's let's go back here towards a little bit of what we were talking about. So you, you, you've got these unique jobs, right? So you're at, you're at Sunoco, and then you're doing pharmaceutical stuff with Honeywell, and now you're in sort of this, it, would it be safe to say like a beverage area or is yeah. it other and i think it what's what i wish more people would know is that even when you get into packaging you don't have don't feel like you have to stay like siloed or forced into like automotive food and bev personal mm -hmm. care industrial printed whatever it is it's like it's a it's a giant industry and i love how you've just been able to sort of explore from Hartsville, South Carolina, right? Um, yeah. And now you ended up yeah. at yeah. at at Berry Cap. So, what was that transition like? From, I'm guessing, a bit more of a corporate environment at Honeywell. Um, yeah. Well, at least it's a company that I'd heard of, right? I, I'm in the packaging industry. I'd never heard of Berry Cap. When you said, "Hey, I'm starting working yeah. at Berry Cap," I was like, "Sweet, who are they?" <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, so, you know, that's another interesting topic that I've had a little bit of time to reflect on, you know, in the last few months. So Sunoco fortune 500, I interned at Nestle nutrition fortune 500, Honeywell fortune 100, huge companies, right? Tons of layers, a lot of money, quarterly earnings. Right. And then I jumped to a privately, basically family owned business, much, much smaller. Uh, and it's actually, it's been pretty cool. I mean, they have their, you know, pros and cons, sure. right? But you're, there's been so much more decision-making um, in my role today because it's a small team and we still have to do all the same functions, make all the same decisions. And uh, we bet I feel more, a little leaner and more agile at a smaller company. So it's been it's been an interesting change for sure. Yeah. And so real quickly about Barry Cap, so you, you, you gave a short summary, but you are, are yeah. you are a manufacturer, like I, I legitimately don't know this. Is it like injection molded? Like what, what is the process of like making a cap and give it to me straight? No cap. No, yeah, no yeah. cap. Yeah. So no cap. we're, it's, it's all injection molding, okay. right? It's all polyethylene injection molding. The um, you know the lion's share of our business is it should have a cap around here, but but you know soda bottle and water caps, uh, you know it's a little you know 26, 28 millimeter caps. They're injected. They go through a handful of different processes, uh, you know, with the tamper band and slitting and all sorts of things that you'd look at. You think it's a simple cap, where there's just like anything. There's a lot to go in that goes into it and you know how it fits on the bottle how it's applied and uh, it's been really cool cool learning that but yeah we make billions of little caps and awesome. then we uh we also have an industrials business that does things like agriculture and automotive our food group is kind of more like some that you would think are beverages like milk and you know, kind of that crossover, uh, but a lot of injection molded polyethylene caps. So that's our bread and butter. Okay, so this is this is a, a personal thing that I think about with with caps, and obviously being in the packaging industry, I, I should be more aware of this than I am. But I'll just tell you. So if I'm guessing that there's some sort of science behind this, but if I'm in a convenience store and I'm on, I'm I'm going to be driving right. So let's say I'm driving to Las Vegas or Boise, Idaho, or somewhere that's like three to five, 10 hours away. And I'm going to get some water. I will almost always choose the cap with the flip top so that I can open oh, yeah. it with one hand. Because I don't want to sit there in my, even it, it's always more expensive. It's always more expensive. <laughs> and I know, I know that it's a convenience thing. I understand it, but I'm like, the packaging, like, I just want to be able to drive and just reach over and just flip the cap up and then take my drink instead of like, okay, and I have to like stick it between my legs and like get the cap off and then it waters on my pants. It's, is that a conversation that you all have with brands? Like are brands coming to you and saying, hey, we need the big, what's the big giant water cap that like your hand can fit over? It seems like there's so many caps and it's like the one of the biggest differentiators in water packaging is caps. 
Definitely, definitely water. Uh, you know, there are, there are hurdles when it gets to carbonated beverages, right? Um, but yeah, we, we make thumbs up caps, sports caps, those types of things. And, and I would agree. I, I've bought a lot more beverages since I've been with Barry Cap because I'm always like interested in looking at the different ones. But I always, I always t- go right to the thumbs up caps for, um, for convenience. So, I mean, that's something that it definitely comes at a premium. Um, you know, we, we sell a lot of them. The other thing that customers are really interested in right now is, you know, obviously the world of recyclability and sustainability. So there's with the little caps, it's not that, you know, the mono PE isn't recyclable. It's about getting it to the recycling stream. So there are things like, um, tethered closures yeah, so when over you in the over in the EU. rip that tamper band it, it still holds that cap on so that way you throw the bottle in recycling and the cap is going with it and it's being captured yeah are you doing those we do those oh, are yeah. they available like i've only ever seen those in like packaging europe so. yeah so so berry cap yeah so berry cap global is its own entity and then with you know tons of locations around the world, and then Berry Cap North America is actually a um, a joint venture between Berry Cap Global and Amcor. Oh, okay. So there's a little bit of um, a bit of crossover there, but we have the technology to to do the tethered closures. Got it. Yeah, that's cool. And I think it's pretty neat. It, you know, things in packaging that packaging people are, think are neat. Right? I know. <laughs> like. Oh, the cap stays on. Oh, that's great. But I mean, I think what people should realize, and likely if you're listening to a podcast about packaging, you already know this, but on the off chance that somebody shared this with you and you don't know it and you continue to listen 24 minutes in, first of all, congratulations. Thank you so much. But uh, also, so that little cap, if you just take the cap and, you know, toss it, if anything that's tradition, anything that's smaller than your fist is not going to get recycled because of uh, historically, right? It's not going to get recycled. Yeah. So it could be a fully recyclable, like you mentioned, uh, a mono material item or like a really small, you know, travel size in a HDPE container. But if that's really small, it's not, it's not going to make it through the, through the sorting process. So, um, and could end up in, you know, in the paper sorting. It could, it could end up, the problem is that people recycle it and then it ends up in places not supposed to be and can create contamination, all that sort of stuff. So uh, I, that's oh, yeah. why like a tethered cap is is an important innovation in sustainability is because of that. And it's it's just one of those random things, right? That people, people don't really know. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. I love it. I mean, people are out there thinking, hey, plastics are bad. Well, that's, truly not the case and when you know you could you could write a whole lecture on on all of that right i i tell the you know the students that i you know coach or mentor i'm like sustainability if if you're going into this industry that is what it's about day in and day out yep yeah it's not a it's it's not a fact no and and i was when i was mentioning to you i was at d scoop and uh one of the speakers there uh, said I cannot envision a future in which sustainability will be less important. And I was like, that's mm-hmm. a great way of saying it. So it's a great line. Yeah. yeah it that. was, it was really, it was really well done. Well, Andrew, uh, thank you a ton for coming on and sharing. I want you to let people know, 
obviously LinkedIn may, might be a great way to get a hold of you if they have questions about like men's hair care products. Like how how do you how do you? Because like I'm bald, so don't ask me. But like it's you know if they have questions about living in the South or any, you know just anything. Oh yeah, if they want to talk about North Carolina basketball, or sweet tea. or Michigan basketball, go Wolverine. Like any of those, right? If they just want to say anything that they want. Yeah, absolutely. How do they yeah, I'm open. Hit me up on hit me up on LinkedIn for sure. I mean, that's that's how all this came to be. And I, I think it's the whole networking piece and career in general is just it's just so important. And uh, you know it continue to push it. Totally agree. Well Andrew, I'll put your uh LinkedIn link down in the show notes of the podcast. So uh, if you're listening to this, all you have to do is is click it, and then you can connect up with Andrew. I uh, really appreciate you coming on, sharing a little bit, having a having a lovely chat. We're gonna meet in person. It's going to happen. Yeah, Vegas. We we have to. Uh, yeah, Pack Expo Vegas. Vegas, Canada. baby. Vegas. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go, Vegas. <laughs> Sorry, I love I it. So much fun love with it. that thing. Thanks, Andrew. I really appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Adam. Talk soon. Thanks again. Right. Take care. Hey, congrats. You made it to the end of the podcast. If you're looking for more great podcast material in the packaging industry, please check out Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors and the newly redesigned Package Unboxed with Avelio Matos. Go find them wherever you listened to this podcast. Thanks, everybody.